0: Hey everybody, Scott Bischoff here for Detroit Lions Podcast. We are going to break down the uh, It's a preview of the Lions' home game against the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars in Week 13. First things first, uh, and more important than anything I've got going on here, Chris does this great thing for St. Jude. It's Christmas for the kids. Um, if you feel compelled uh, and you can, please donate. It's Christmas for the kids. It's, it's at stjude.org forward slash DLP, Detroit Lions podcast. So stjude.org forward slash DLP. Um, if you can't find it there, it's on my Twitter page. It's on Chris's Twitter page. There's a link to, to each um, there. It's maybe a week and a half old in that range. Um, if you feel compelled, and, and you can. It's a, it's a great thing that Chris does. It's a, uh, it's a remarkable thing that he's doing. Uh, it's awesome. So uh, stay tuned. We're going to break down uh, the Lions at home against Jaguars in Week 13 in a surprisingly important game. Um, it's kind of it's one of those games on the schedule. I think most people would have just circled this as a win uh, going into the season, but you know uh, this should be a tight game. So um, coming at you right now, uh, Lions preview for Week 13. Stay tuned, Lions fan. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is... The Detroit Lions Podcast. Okay, so um, it feels like its uh, it's been a while since, since I've done one of these because we had the Thanksgiving game, which was... Uh, It's never good to lose games but that one was a different kind of a loss um it's a game that they could have won uh they had a chance to they had a chance to knock the bills out um and i guess uh you know we can talk about that third and one play before we move on to this preview um you know they played a good game both on offense and defense they did a they did a a reasonable job in every way it's the lions are a competitive team they they play hard um you know, I think the direction. That, you know, if you, you just look at trend lines, we should all be pretty optimistic about where they are and where they're headed. Um, you know, the direction that the, of where they're going. Obviously, they have a long way to go, and there's there's things that are still problematic. Some of the clock management stuff, and you know, decision making, some of the things going on. But you know, um, and I'm going to disagree with some people, and and, and I'm fine. Um, not necessarily being wrong or right or any of that stuff. It's just an opinion. I think uh, on that third and one play, if you dial up a play where you get one on one coverage with Chark running open, and um, I think one of the things that a lot of people are uh, have lost a little bit of sight on is that it wasn't just Chark who was open. Amon Ross St. Brown was open underneath. Um, the tight end Zelstra was wide open in the middle of the field. Like he would, I think Zelstra Zelstra would have scored. Chark would have scored. Uh Amin Ra would have probably have gained I'm gonna guess a 15, 15 yards and a first down. Um I understand that that Goff had locked on to Chark, and I get it because he was blitzed and there was there was, you know, it was kind of a run blitz. Um he didn't have a he didn't have the luxury of 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 you know pivoting away from, from his first read. He had to make the throw. So, you know he would have had to have been staring at St. Brown to make the throw, but it would have been an easy throw or he would have had to been looking at Zylstra in the middle of the field. It would have been an easy throw. The chart throw wasn't an easy throw, but it was easy enough that he should have completed it. Um, And there is the conundrum of that. There is the Jared Goff problem, right? Uh, So, so then secondarily to that is, do you, do you make that play call knowing that you don't think your quarterback can complete that pass? Um, I'm fine with what with the third and one play. I'm fine with throwing a haymaker. You know, uh, I don't think I don't think it's reasonable to think that draining out the clock and making a field goal was uh, something that was going to eventually get them a, a win. Um, I know it's easy to think that. I hope this isn't coming across the right way because there's no right or wrong way to look at these things. But I just you know I think that if you have an opportunity to win the game, you take it. And they really should have, in that scenario, been able to execute and finish and win that game. Um, leaving time on the clock obviously was it, <laughs> obviously it didn't work for him. Um, but I'm fine with the choice they made. I don't think taking Buffalo to overtime, you know, uh, was going to get you a win. So that's where I am with that. Um, we can agree to disagree. We can talk about it. Um, there's a it's a complicated discussion because it, it does involve. The expectation of thinking that your quarterback can't make that throw, then why would you call that play? Uh, To me, it's still a great play call because it because it gave you the opportunity for multiple targets to run wide open, and and you just didn't execute. But um, everything else about that game was super exciting to see uh, in both on offense and defense, and again the trajectory of where they're headed and where they're going. Um, Okay, so. The numbers. Uh, we're gonna get through the numbers real quick because we have a, So we got a lot to hit. So the game total fifty one and a half. Uh, Vegas is thinking this is gonna be a high scoring game. I think this is one of those games like the Philly game from earlier in the season, like the Seattle game. Um, there's been others where the Lions have had to have had to score points to stay in games. Um, take leads to stay in you know what I mean like the offense the offense is gonna be able to score points on Jacksonville or they should be able to and I think the defense is gonna struggle at at in moments because Trevor Lawrence has looked really, really good, especially the I would say the last four weeks. He um his decision making, the efficiency, uh how quick and decisive he is, he he looks like he's really figure he's starting to figure it out. Uh, and the numbers do bear it out. We'll get into that. Uh, Jacksonville's a one and a half point favorite on the road. The implied number has Jacksonville at 26 and a half and the Lions at 25. Okay, so on offense, the Lions are tied for 13th in the NFL, averaging 4.6 yards per carry. Jacksonville is averaging 4.9. They're tied for fifth. The Lions have have rushed for 16 total touchdowns, which is third in the NFL. It's a huge number. Uh, Jacksonville's run run for 11, which is tied for 10th. Now to the passing games. The Lions are tied for 11th in the NFL, uh, 7.4 yards per attempt. Jacksonville's at 6.9 yards per attempt, which is 18th in the NFL. Uh, passing touchdowns generated. The Lions have thrown 17 touchdowns, which is tied for 10th in the NFL. Jacksonville's thrown 16, which is it's 16th in the NFL. So kind of right in the middle of the pack, Jacksonville is there. On defense, the Lions are 30th in the NFL, allowing 5.2 yards per carry. Jacksonville allows 4.2 yards per carry, which is 8th in the NFL. The Lions have given up 18 rushing touchdowns, 31st in the NFL. And Jacksonville's given up 10, which is tied for 14th. Pass defense, the Lions have given up 7.5 yards per attempt, which is 30th in the NFL. Jacksonville's given up 7.1, which is 25th. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking down, but this is a lot of numbers to remember, and I'm going to get them wrong unless I'm looking at them. Um, passing touchdowns allowed, Detroit have given up 18 total, which is 20 uh, tied for 22nd, and Jacksonville's given up 17, which is tied for 19th. So you can see, you know, in in those numbers, you can see the lines have given up a lot of running touchdowns, and they're and they're you know middle of the pack ish. Um, and giving up passing touchdowns. So, sacks allowed. The Lions have, have, have given up 17 sacks, which is not a lot at all. It's really remarkable. Uh, tied for second in the NFL. Jacksonville's only given up 21, which is sixth in the NFL. Uh, sacks generated. So, the Lions have generated 20 sacks. They've, they're moving in the right direction there. Um, we'll get into that a, in, a, in a minute, uh, which is tied for 26th in the NFL. Jacksonville's only generated 17 sacks, which is tied for 28th. This is a good thing for Jared Goff, and it's almost we're at a. We talked about this weeks ago. You can you can you can almost draw these games out if a team is if a team can pressure Goff, it limits what the Lions can do. If Goff does have time and they can get play action working, and you know, um, the Lions' offense can be pretty explosive, but they are capped because of how Goff handles pressure. Um interceptions uh, the Lions have nine interceptions on the season. Jacksonville has nine on defense on the season tied for ninth. Um Detroit is thrown seven, which is tied for ninth and Jacksonville's only thrown for six, which is tied for fifth. So so those are the numbers overall on the season. Uh, we're going to look at this in a in a four-week block to see to see what the averages are both on offense and defense and to see where they are, you know, where are they headed you know I, know I know i know i've given you you know uh numbers through 12 weeks and 11 games but these are the averages over the last 4 weeks so goff is averaging um it's not great but it, this is what it is uh goff is is like 18 of 29 um on average for 195 yards um he's thrown 5 total touchdowns in the last 4 games so he's averaging just averaging just over one touchdown a week, and he's done. He's doing a really good job of, keep, of taking care of the ball. He's only thrown one interception in the last four games, so good numbers. Um, the Lions have not run the ball as effectively over the last four games as they did in the beginning of the season. But there's some injury stuff hidden in there. Um, last week, you're missing both guards. Um, I think Ragnar might have missed Week Nine in that range. Uh, but the numbers are, uh, they're they're around 32 carries for 117 yards on average, which is 3.69 yards per carry, which is kind of low. But they do have a bunch of rushing touchdowns. They've got seven rushing touchdowns in this four-week span, so you're looking at just under two a game. It's very, very impressive. Um, Jacksonville on offense. Trevor uh, Trevor Lawrence is twenty eight of thirty six on average over the last three games because they had a bye in week eleven. Um, so again, twenty eight of thirty six. You know that's really good for uh, on average two hundred seventy two yards a game. Uh, he's thrown six touchdowns in those three games. No interceptions. Uh, Jacksonville's run game has not been all that effective in the last three weeks. Um, They've run the ball seventy times, so it's an average of like twenty three uh, carries a game for ninety yards, which is a, around three point eight yards per carry. They have two total touchdowns rushing in those three games. So, you know, um, you know, you're looking at an, an offense that's that's much more explosive in the passing game than they are in the running game. So, I wanted to look at. Um, a little bit, of, uh, a little deeper into the trend, and I promise this will be quick. Uh, a little deeper into the trend of what the Lions' defense has done the last, the last four games, and um, running quarterbacks are killing the Lions. Um, so the de- on defense, the last four, they have uh, the average is uh, twenty-two of thirty-seven for two hundred and sixty-three yards allowed, one and a half touchdowns, one point seven five interceptions. Which is a little crazy um, to think that. And then it's two and a quarter sacks they've, they've generated each week. So so they've ticked up the pressure. They're getting home with the pressure a little more. They're turning over the ball. They're making plays in the secondary more. Um, you know, you had you three interceptions against Green Bay. You had one against Chicago. You had two against the Giants. And you had one against Josh Allen last week. So you're seeing the Lions' defense kind of staple, take a take a huge step in a positive direction over these last four games. Um, still giving up yards, um, you know. Uh, I think it's to be expected with some of the injuries they have. I mean, Tracy Walker's out, Akuda's missed time. Um, you know, you're you're missing edge players, you're missing pass rushers, you're you're, you're missing pieces. Uh, yet you're still productive on defense and you're doing things where they, they look a lot better on defense. I don't want to say since Aubrey Pleasant left, but it kind of does It does fit there. And it makes me wonder, you know, like like what exactly, um, what's happening there in the passing game for them to suddenly get this, get some turnovers and, and to get some pressure Um They've they have given up six total touchdowns throwing, in the last four games, um, you know. So I mean they're they're doing okay. Uh, the run game uh, they've given up uh, it's they've given up 112, it's 112 carries for 609 yards over the last four games, which it, which is about 5.4 yards per carry, and they've given up five touchdowns total on the ground. But the caveat there is. A lot of that is to opposing quarterbacks. So you had Justin Fields in there, you had Daniel Jones in there, you had Josh Allen in there. So, you know, um, the average is 28 carries for 152 yards a game is whats is what they've given up. But if we take out the quarterback runs, you're looking at uh, giving up 20 carries for 83 yards, just over four yards a pop, and only giving only surrendering one touchdown rushing to the opposed, to the opposition, so uh, you know you're you're looking at a a defense that's that's playing significantly more stout against the run. Um, still room to grow and work to do, but you know you look at you look at the Justin Fields game where you know he went off and and the you know it's just running quarterbacks are are, are tough for the Lions. They just are. But I think the nuts and bolts of the numbers is that you know you can see where the Lions are effective on offense. And you can see how the trends for them—it's much better on defense this past four games than say the first seven games. So I think we should uh, we should expect more of this. We should expect more pressure, and I, I think we'll still we'll still see you know some turnovers because of a little more pressure. Um, I think the Lions are, have done a pretty adequate job, uh, you know, figuring it out on defense t- to get their players in a situation. Now it's not perfect. But to get them to get their guys playing at their optimum, so those are the numbers. Now, matchup wise, um, we talked about this a little bit. I don't think um, the Jaguars are going to do are going to are going to make Jared Goff all that uncomfortable in this game. They will at at times. Um, he needs to. He needs to be comfortable. He, you know, you can see, you know, that third and one play against 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 Buffalo is like the perfect example of it. He kind of freaked, and um, and I get it because I mean, you know, he had a un an unblocked blitzing linebacker about to destroy him. Um, but that's where he's at his weakest when he has to deal with pressure, and you get the happy feet, um, the inaccuracy. There was also a throw he made. I don't know what he was doing. He threw it to the linebacker who dropped it. Um, that was under pressure too in that game. So there was just some weird, some weird stuff with him with pressure, and there, that's just kind of what he is. Um, but I don't think Jacksonville is capable of of bringing a ton of pressure. And I, I think that you know the Lions are obviously going to try to get the running game going like like they have every in you know, every week, and it's it's got to be. I'm sure everybody laughs at this point. Watching these things when I talk down a distance and how it matters, you know, if the Lions can put themselves in a, in a good place, uh, running the ball, you can get the play action game going, and that's where Jared Goff is at his best. Um, when he's comfortable and in rhythm and in time time with his with his receivers, so I don't think um, I don't think it's out of the realm for, to think that that Goff can not have a pretty good game in this matchup, and and I think he should. I think he'll be comfortable. I think he'll—they'll be able to do what what they want to do, which to me, I hope, is establish the run, play action, and then get Amon Ross, St. Brown, involved in the short to intermediate game, where you know it's short throwing, but lots of yard runs after the catch, that kind of stuff. Um, I don't—I don't have anything to base this off, but I think this is a game where maybe DeAndre Swift makes a big play. Uh, an explosive play where he goes for forty or fifty yards, whether it's a catch or a run, something like that. It's just a vibe. Um, so I think the Lions. Will, I, I think the Lions will be able to run the ball effectively, uh, and I think that you know they'll be able to use the passing game in a nice way, offset by the run because the run will be effective. Now, um, remember, you know, play action is is gr- it's awesome. It's great, but. You don't have to be running the ball effectively to run play action well. You just have to sell play action on that specific play. So, you know, the Lions could be averaging one yard a carry, and they can still run play action effectively because you can freeze linebackers and defenders by selling the action of the play really well, and, and the Lions seem to do a pretty good job of that. So, on offense, I think that the Lions will be okay this week. Um... Obviously, you know, the implied total being at 25 and with me thinking they're going over, I think you're looking at, a, you know, them getting to low 30s in this game. Um, their offense is explosive. They, you know, they're, they have the capability of throwing the ball. Again, this is predicated on Golf being comfortable. Uh, they can throw the ball effectively, not necessarily explosively down the field, but, but they can move the chains pretty well. And, you know, they haven't run the ball great over the last little bit, but they're capable of doing it. And it'll be in- interesting to see who comes back if we get, uh, you know, Jonah Jackson back. Um, it's a big deal. I mean, it, 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 you know, he's a good player. So that's that's what it is on offense. I think the Lions will be okay, and, and, and it should be, you know, they should put up some points. But then the, the the whole thing here, this whole matchup is, how do you limit what Trevor Lawrence has going? Because, you know, it, it was it was impressive to watch him last week against Baltimore. Um, he has plenty of arm strength, but a lot of a lot of the problems in the past were just were were ba- just decision making, um, and not being able to weed out areas of the field where he did not want to attack immediately, and therefore taking. You know, taking his either his primary read or his secondary read, and just getting the ball out. And it seems to me, after watching Lawrence the the past couple games, it seems to me like he his decision making has been sped up a lot, to where he's he seems to understand areas of the field where he shouldn't put the ball, and and then gets the ball out both accurately and on time, and uh, which is allowing his receivers to make plays and he's been really really impressive and and um like he's been very impressive and 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 that's my that's a concern for this week is that Trevor Lawrence has been i would say I wouldn't say spectacular but it's pretty close to to being spectacular over the last 3 weeks um you know they have a it's like a, it's a hodgepodge of players between uh, Christian Kirk who they paid a lot of money to in the offseason, and Zay Jones who had a ton of targets last week and it's and he needs to he needs more targets but I mean you know he's a good secondary option um Evan Ingram is their tight end and you know I mean he's fine but but Lawrence is spreading the ball around again I think the big thing for him is decision making and how quick he's how quick he is and then it's the athleticism and and the arm strength and all of the other intangibles that he that he has always had he's cashing in on those things now because the mental it's it, it's like the mental side of the game is slowed down for him and 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 he's really been um he's been fantastic so that's the um it's going to be interesting to see what the lions do this week with with if Akuda is back, where you know how do they deploy him? My guess is he probably covers um, their outside receivers. Jay Jones. Uh, I think Kirk will play. They'll move Kirk all over the place. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the Lions uh, deploy their secondary and also bring pressure, right? So I mean that's that's going to be the um, that's going to be kind of like like where this thing is is. You know, from a pressure standpoint, can the Lions continue to generate more pressure? Because uh, they struggled early in the season to get there, to get home, but they've done a better job of recent. Uh, and can they keep that up? And and then can you win the turnover battle? And and you know, just like every game, um, these close games uh, again, Jacksonville's favored by a point and a half. It's going to be a close game. Uh, what I think is going to be kind of a high scoring game. Uh, it's ultimately the game's going to be decided by. A team that maybe gets a turnover, uh, or or teams that are just more efficient in the red zone than than other teams. Um, so that's the look for this week. Um, I know. Uh, so I know. I uh, there's going to be a sep- a separate video that's going to come out um, in a day or so with some of the questions that were asked on Twitter, and it's going to be some some draft stuff that we're going to hit up. Um, so so check that one out too. But this is uh, this is a preview for this week I, again. I expect a uh, a bit of a higher scoring game. I expect the Lions and Jacksonville to play a very tight game. Probably a pretty exciting game. Um, my guess is people come out of this game talking about Trevor Lawrence very differently than they did than they do going in um, with the exposure and, and just how good he's played. He's playing at a he's a he's a quarterback one right now. He's 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 a really really uh, he's made the strides he's made since urban Meyer left it's remarkable um doug peterson's doing a great job with that offense and uh they're a good unit i you know um another f- not a fear but another thing to to consider this week is that i think travis Etienne is back and he has the potential to to go off uh he is a very very good football player a very good running back uh very good out of the backfield it's um you know, it'll be interesting to see what the, how the Lions um, deploy their their defensive players to try to limit, you know, Jacksonville's receivers and Lawrence both running the ball um, and generating pressure on him, but then stopping at the end too. So there's a, it's a it's a tall task. Um, none of these games are easy going forward, but the Lions are are in a position where you know they've played pretty well, they've played pretty consistent. Um, they should be in this game. There's no reason they shouldn't be. So that's the uh, preview for this week. Uh, stay tuned for another video coming out on, on uh, some of the questions that were on Twitter. And it's going to be just a generalized draft one. So uh, there's your week 13 preview. Um, as always, if you have questions, uh, hit me up on Twitter. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Let's bring it in here together. Woo! Let's go, baby. Line's on three. One, two, three.